You are listening to Water Flying, a show dedicated to all things seaplanes. Brought to you by the Seaplane Pilots Association. My name is Steve McCoy. I'm the executive director of the Seaplane Pilots Association, which is the world's largest nonprofit advocacy organization dedicated to the protection and promotion of the water flying community. Climb aboard! We're about to start today's episode. Well, one of the most common questions we get here at SPA is where can someone land a seaplane? So today we're going to be focusing on where seaplanes can and cannot land. Abby and I are joined by one of our most active field directors, Mr. Mark Rassi, to answer those questions. So, Mark, thank you for joining us. Well, Steve, thanks for having me. I actually feel honored. Um, I've subscribed to the SPA podcast, and I listened to episode four this morning. So kudos to both of you for putting on a great show. Mark, would you say you're our biggest fan? (laughs) Of course I am. Absolutely. (laughs) Wow, there's a a, a solicited question there. (laughs) Well, I figured, you know, he'd offer it if it was true. You get a hat. Of course it's true. (laughs) So not only are you an active SBA lifetime member, you're the Wisconsin field director, you're active flying your mall on floats, so you're a very big part of the seaplane community up there, and I, I guess like you daylight as an airline pilot, so. I do, but um, my passion lies with uh, seaplane flying um, from an early age of 12 years old, and and you're right, I, I do fly my mall on floats quite a bit, in fact, this season, even though COVID-19 has caused many events to be canceled, I kind of replaced them with other events. And, you know, in the past, I would fly from my home base airport in Green Bay to the uh, Oshkosh seaplane base, um, where I, I'm a manager there and I uh, work on um, things throughout the season to prepare for the EAA Air Venture fly-in. And so I used my mall as a tool to go back and forth for that preparation. And, of course, having that canceled this year, I had to replace that flying with uh, other activities. And so I was able to be very creative and fly to family and friends uh, destinations across Wisconsin and Michigan. Um, You know, with the border of Canada being closed, I, I do try to get up there and fish when I can. And, of course, that change things. So there were a few sanctioned gatherings that uh, I was able to attend, uh, one in Indiana. Uh, Shano Airport in Wisconsin is uh, trying to revitalize their seaplane base. and I flew over there to help them um, manage that and get that going. And I do a little bit of seaplane flight instructing, just helping rated pilots stay current. And so on my mall, I'm just checked it the other day. I'm 93 hours so far this season, wow. so I have been very active. Yeah, that's awesome, and and I don't want to overlook the fact that you are the chairman of the Air Venture Seaplane Base, and that all of us that attend uh, Air Venture owe you a, a great sense of gratitude and and thanks for all the work you do and the 200 plus volunteers do that make that seaplane base possible. Well, I appreciate that. Um, thank you. I. I don't view it so much as work when it's a passion. I, I basically grew up down there, and I really do in help, uh, enjoy helping 
um, other fellow seaplane pilots during that event. It's a lot of fun. It was disappointing to have it canceled, but obviously it was the right decision. And we're looking forward to next year to be the best year ever. It's just great that you've supplemented your flying. You know, it's not like because these things were canceled, you're sitting stagnant. So you've actually found things to you to do your with your mall. So it's great that you know you've kept active. Yeah, and I, I honestly don't know how you find time to work because we spend so much time talking about the advocacy you do for SPA as a field director, the work on the water landing directory, and the time that you give AirVenture and working on opening up new seaplane bases. I mean, you are just you know unbelievable how active you are and how much time and energy and commitment you've given to the seaplane community. So again, um, for those of those of the listeners that don't know who you are, everyone owes you a great gratitude. So that I'll, I'll just thank you once again. Yeah, Mark, well, wh- why are you lacking? Why are you slacking? You have time to actually enjoy yourself. You could be working harder. Hey, he tells me, oh, I'm out <laughs> flying my airplane today. I'm going to go out when we get off the phone and go fly. I'm like, I'm no. here stuck pushing a computer, uh, you know, keyboard at my desk looking out at the beautiful weather. And he's still, yeah, I'm madly jealous at him. (laughs) So So getting back to that question, you know, where can I land in my seaplane? This is a really confusing question that I get asked quite a bit as a seaplane instructor. Students come to me and they say, you know, I want to go down to the Bahamas. How do, how do I know where I can land? I want you to tell me exactly where I can land and where I can get fuel. And I'm looking at them like, you know, I haven't gone down there in a seaplane. I I don't know. There's all these resources. And no, no, no. I want to know where can I land. You know, they're used to looking at sectional charts. They look at their TFR notifications. They look at flight. They're flying that magenta line. There's multiple sources where they can get a definite answer on where they can go and where they can land. So the variables between land and sea flying are so different. In your words, how do you know where you can land a seaplane? Well, it's an excellent question and obviously one that is asked often. And so to answer that, you know, to start off, there is no simple answer. I can't just say you can go here and you can't go there. Um, it, it can be quite complex. And there's no unified regulation on seaplane access, where you can and where you can't land. Right. It really depends on federal, state, and local factors and authorities. So like you mentioned, seaplane pilots aren't provided government-funded tools to answer that question. We're basically on our own to do our flight planning. And in response to this problem, the SPA developed a water landing directory, and it's now available on an app for our smart devices. And it's fueled by member input and field director work and seaplane pilots association involvement. The water and landing directory answers the question where you can land a seaplane. That is the the definitive answer. Uh, uh, It is the go-to reference uh, item, I think. So it's kind of like the airport facility directory for seaplanes. You know, it really is, and that's the comparison I use often to those questions that I get. Now, with that, I tell people that, you know, the directory is membership-based. You know, like the airport facilities directory gets its information from a government source. Right. So so here, we don't have that one-stop government source. So 
Um, the water lining directory is um, needed input from its members to make it accurate and uh, complete. And so uh, over the years, it certainly has gotten better and we're dedicated to making it a really good uh, source of information for our flight planning tool. And when you go get into the app, you know, you can search bodies of water, seaplane bases, fuel, flight training, destination, upcoming events. So to request an update of any of those, and again, we're kind of soliciting our members to help, uh, is to click on uh, send modification request. And that's at the bottom of any page on the app. You might need to scroll down to see that. And once you do, you just click on there, you add a new listing. You can um, also click on add a new listing at the bottom of any one of the searchable items that I listed above. You know, basically, um, if you want to add a body of water, you just go to the bottom of that page, add new listing, and then you can add your favorite body of water. And, uh, and then I will check that um, often. And as soon as I see a request, I put that into the app. Um, you know, I, I talk about some of the um, requests that I get from members. And earlier this year, I had a, a new SPA member that was getting his airplane um, at uh, installed on his new floats. And he asked me, how, where where can I land? Just like you were talking about earlier, right? You know how does how does this work? And so I said, well, the water landing directory is your first source, and once you go in there, if the body of water that you're looking to land on is listed, it will either show it as open or closed, or open with restrictions. And so if it's not listed in there, I tell the member that their homework has just begun. And that's not a good answer for pilots because they want to be able to source it. They want, what? here's my question. There has to be a resource. Yeah, there has to be a a definitive on this. Put it in Google. Okay, so I'm glad you mentioned that because (laughs) (laughs) Google is awesome. But as Steve, you know, this was originally a paper document. Mm -hmm. And... And that was printed, you know, maybe once a year or every other year. Every other year, and so, yeah. Yeah. And so with the Google search, Google wasn't invented. And so there to go and find a source of who the regulatory agency is for a lake was a very daunting task. So with Google, it certainly has made it easier because you can search it. Um, from your, you know, your office, your desktop, your your iPad. But in the years past, you had to go to the library, find the phone number, call somebody up, look it up in the phone book. I mean, it was a very daunting task. So now with Google, if you can get the information that you're seeking, is there a restriction on this lake? Then that starts the homework. Again, if it's in the water landing directory, you're done. The information's there. You know the answer, and you can always go. Is, you can always go to someone that approaches you. You know where? Did, how did you determine this waterway was open? You know the SPA, uh, my staff, and and myself will 
if you're challenged on a waterway, we'll say we vetted the waterway and the best information and the information that we've published to our members is this waterway status is X. And, you know, that's a, a pretty good check safe for if you are challenged on a waterway. But, you know, I, I wanted to just add something here because we failed to cover it earlier. And I think it really is kind of the basis for this whole discussion is I several years ago was approached by the Chinese government and they wanted to emulate the U.S. seaplane uh, national law. And then I literally just last week was approached by the Colombian government and they're like, we want to open the country back up to seaplanes and we want to emulate the U.S. law and would like your help. And I think that there's a big misunderstanding or, or the important part of why this directory is so and the work that you're doing is so valuable is there is no national policy um, it it starts at a federal level uh, but it also then goes down to uh, the state and local level and then you know you have the, your the army corps of engineers and, and everyone else so i think that's something that's important important for the listeners and pilots to know yeah so when you are doing that research of course if you knew this information, and again, the Water and Landing Directory will have it if it's listed, um, who the governing body is. So the governing body can be, like you just said, you know, federal, state, or local. Uh, Army Corps of Engineers uh, could be the DNR. It could be a lake association. And so, but once you find who the governing body is, well, then you can contact them and, to, and find out that information. And then if you find it, and it's not in the water landing directory. Of course, I ask you to submit uh, and uh, to add it to the water landing directory by clicking on it. And what happens with that is it goes to a centralized communication email. I check that daily, and then I put it into the app. And so we want this to be real time. We want any updates to come through and to help pilots. So. I have back to that um, new SPA float plane uh, rated pilot who's seeking to go and land in his area. He discovered that a lot of the lakes he didn't, that he wanted to go to were not in the water landing directory. And so he did this daunting task of research. And he has come to me and given me 15 updates to That's the water amazing. landing directory. Yeah, and, I if mean, only all really our members did that. Job. Yeah, absolutely. And so it makes my job, if you will, easier in updating the app because he just gives me that data. I verify it and put it in. And so that it helps our fellow seaplane pilots to have updated information. So um, the other thing that I would talk about is that some people will send in an update or a, a new destination. As an example, somebody will send in, here's a new resort. Why don't you have this in your in the app? And so the first thing that I'll do when I get that request is I see what body of water that that resort is on. Because if it's in the water landing directory, then I can look to see if it's open or closed or open with restrictions. And But the problem is that oftentimes it's not. So now... I have to find out. I'm not going to put a destination that seaplane pilots should go to if they can't land on the body of water. So I then go and research the body of water to make sure that there are no restrictions for seaplanes. 
Yeah. Once yeah. I verify that, then I have to go and say, okay, well, are there issues with invasive species? And I have to check the coordinates and the elevation and the length of landing space. And I go through and I do all this stuff to update and put in the new waterway. Once the waterway is listed, now I can go to add this new resort. And when I do that, the information that I receive, I kind of use the trust but verify method. Obviously, we trust our members to give us good information, but I want to make sure that the website link is correct and that the contacts and phone numbers and addresses and coordinates are all correct. And then when I do that, I then can list all the amenities of the resort and any of the details of the seaplane facility, whether they have a beach or a dock or a mooring field or what have you, maybe fuel. And then when I calculate all that and verify all that, then I put it into the app and it's updated live. As soon as I hit submit, that information is now updated into the app. Well, that doesn't seem like so much. (laughs) (laughs) How long would you say that it takes like for a single body of water to find all that information and put it into the app? Well, I'm going to throw Steve under the bus here because when we first first had this discussion, I said, hey, you know, I'm willing to help um, because I want this app to be a, a source of information that people, pilots feel that is updated, that they can um, go to it, and it can be a very valuable flight planning tool. But I felt that it needed to be updated, you know, in a timely manner. And I also feel that, again, and I'm soliciting all of our seaplane pilot members to, to give more information. But I hear I thought in the beginning, naively, that <laughs> it was <laughs> that it was a simple data entry, that I was going to receive an email, and it was going to say, hey, update this. And some of them are that simple. But many, again, require that trust but verify. And I have to then go back in and do some research. So some states have a very easy source, and others are more difficult. Um, But to answer it, you know, and I'm going to be honest with you, Abby, don't keep track of it because then I would be really mad at Steve. <laughs> but but um, it it could take you know a couple of hours just to do a waterway update. Quite a bit because, of work, and it could take days, depending on the follow up phone calls and emails and everything else. And I'll remind you, you did volunteer. Uh, oh gosh, yeah. Steve. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. Steve, Did you give right. him a full description of what was going on, what he was getting himself into? And 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 I'll have to say the reason why we, we contacted Mark about this or why this whole discussion started also is we did have an employee dedicated to doing this. And and as Mark knows and as you know, Abby, um, unfortunately, things changed and the employee was underperforming on this task. And, and I was desperate to make sure that we made up lost ground and that we kept providing this value to the, the members. And that's when Mark volunteered. I see those quotation mark fingers. <laughs> yes, he, yeah. He volunteered. Well, and you're absolutely right, Steve. And, and I will tell you, I want to take a word that you just used there. You said value. And, and 
I really do. This is before I was involved, like way back in the day when it was paper. Um, I felt that the water landing directory provided a tremendous value to the membership. And now that it's an app-based um, product, it's even it's more awesome because it's just click of the finger to find information. So I I really view this as a tremendous value and. And I told you this before, I do have a passion in helping my fellow seaplane pilots. And so whether it's hours or days, and no, I'm not going to keep track, um, I, don't, I don't view it as work because I really get rewarded by knowing that I'm helping fellow seaplane pilots. So it's all good. Um, I, I will tell you that I'm up to date. Um, I've submitted... Um, I, and I'd have to go back and look, but nearly 200 updates to the water landing directory. And that's just this summer. Over. Yeah, just since the yeah, summer right. of this year. So, and I, I, you know, you speak about tracking, though. I do want to kind of ant or uh, kind of address that real quick because we are publishing all of the updates that you are doing. Um, in Water Flying Magazine with every issue that we publish. So the members can actually see all the updates going on and it kind of alerts them to an update on a lake that if they wouldn't have looked in the app otherwise, they might not be aware that the status of a lake changed or the situation of a lake changed. And we're also getting updates from, you know, state organizations and federal government agencies and we're doing data dumps when we can get a a massive block of information. And right now that's not often enough we would like to see a lot more relationships when we can do that but again we're publishing all of these updates with each issue of water flying magazine we're we're showing the members and kind of alerting you to the updates that you have done and that we've been able to accomplish yeah that's great uh, you know the other thing that i wanted to say is when i first took over and again possibly somewhat naive is that I wanted to have it updated within 24 hours. If, if a member um, came up and said, hey, this needs to be updated. Um, what I will tell you is that I do read the request within 24 hours. I check it every single day. And oftentimes, I can get to it. But sometimes, some of these updates are complex. And it does take me, as you said, days to, to make sure that all the information is correct. But trust me, I'm working on it. And uh, we are up to date as of today. And so um, I think that the, the directory really can be a very valuable tool. So you can relax. You can enjoy your evening. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, kind of nice. Hey, Have a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. So, Steve, I know that Mark had kind of touched on you know, talking about invasive species and how that affects seaplane access to waterways. Can you kind of go in on that? Because I know sitting 20 feet away from you in the office that you have quite a few meetings talking to fish and wildlife. You know, you're, you're discussing these issues. I know this is something that you are constantly concerning yourself with. Yeah. I mean, literally we came out of a meeting just now uh, with U.S. Fish and Wildlife on invasive species to do this podcast. So right now, uh, the two largest issues that Seaplane Pilots Association are dealing with, number one is seaplane safety. Uh, We're always going to put safety first for our members. 
But the second largest issue, and it's an all-consuming, ever-growing issue, is the impact of uh, seaplane access uh, in regards to the invasive species issue because we're seeing more restrictions. We're seeing more government entities at, at both the federal and state level that are concerned about invasive species, and this is impacting the boating community and and many other user groups, anyone that utilizes waterways. And and invasive species go beyond the waterway issue to to land-based invasive species as well, such as our pythons. And I don't know if you saw, they just caught a record python. 100 feet or something? Uh, It's 100 feet. 18 18 feet, 9 inches. No, no, no. This weekend. Did I dream this? Was this a nightmare yes, I had? A hundred foot python. Yeah, we just we just we just broke the record by one inch. So they just uh, captured or killed a an eighteen foot nine inch. That's python. a horrible record to beat. Yeah, in the terrible. Everglades, Everglades this weekend. So invasive species are a very big deal, and you know, again, this is an area that our staff at at all levels are very aggressively working the invasive species issue. Our board has a 100% commitment to uh, going through the government decontamination and inspection program to be certified as government-level inspectors, and I've done that course now three years or four years in a row. Um, We are going to extend that training program to our field directors so they can teach the pilots in their individual states uh, about what they need to know, but invasive species are a big deal, and the water landing directory in particular is the tool that the regulatory and the resource management community is looking to for us to be able to communicate with the pilots the information they need to know. So number one, they need to know, is an invasive species present in the waterway? Which one is it? So they can understand how to, to mitigate that. But also, are there requirements both in registration processes or decals like the state of Maine? You have to buy an invasive species decal to land in the state of Maine. But there also are programs and requirements that you watch the training video uh, that we have on our website that you can self-certify yourself as a pilot aware of how to deal with invasive species. Well, Steve, you know, that is one of the items in updating the water landing directory for one we list the waterway and that involves you know the coordinates and the the landing distances the elevation all that Um, and then what comes to after that is the invasive species and that's an entirely different set of data that is programmed into the water landing directory and so you're right i i kind of view this subject obviously it's very important And I think that it's important for our seaplane pilots to simply have an awareness. Um, That's the beginning steps of it. Um, I agree, you know, know, taking seminars, um, watching videos, um, taking a test on this subject really does help seaplane pilots um, to help mitigate this very serious problem. And so I think it's imperative um, for us to preserve seaplane access to waterways across our country. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I'm sorry. So going back to the whole python found in Florida, <laughs> it was 18 feet long, but it was 100 pounds. So just so no one thinks that, oh, my gosh, Abby thought that a 100-foot python was found in Florida. No, it was 100 pounds. That's what I was thinking of. Anyway, just wanted to clarify that real quick. <laughs> 
So in the walk, she got slammed on the. Pocket. I had to Google it. I had to know. I was like, why am I thinking of a hundred? pounds so so mark throws me under the bus and i throw you under the bus so we're all getting run over today yeah I'm all just wanted to tire end. tracks tire tracks on our... it's time to go flying Ooh. <laughs> so going back to the app um you know that there's a feature on it obviously you know there's a feature where you can review and you can rate the lakes you can relate you can um look at the waterways themselves obviously lakes around here in florida but it's almost like Yelp, where you can you can put a note for other seaplane pilots. You can offer feedback on a specific piece of water, and there's nothing else like that. It's not like, you know, you leave a review of a restaurant on Yelp, but you don't leave a review of a waterway on Yelp. So it's just kind of cool that the app has that option for us. Yeah, and you know, I I was telling uh, Abby earlier, I was so excited because I recently had to do a trip, a uh, driving trip, unfortunately, up to North Carolina. And I was sitting in Hendersonville, North Carolina, and I was going, it sure would be nice if I could come up with my Super Cub and, and visit my cousin up here in, in Hendersonville, North Carolina. I wonder what is nearby. So I, you know, went to the waterway and clicked, you know, near me and came up with the nearest lake was Lake Jocasi. And I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And it's actually in South Carolina. And I was able to uh, look at the app and and see that it is, in fact, open. Uh, It's at 1,100 feet. It's controlled by Duke Power Company. And there's power lines on the northeast side of the lake. But what was really impressive was we had just had a member do a rating on the lake and leave us a review. And this was uh, the most perfect example of a review I could ever see. So hidden gym, exclamation point, exclamation point. Beautiful spring-fed mountain lake with crystal clear water and waterfalls. Plenty of room for water operations and not much boat traffic during the weekdays of summer. Beach access for boat in camping at Devil's Fork State Park, and he gave it a five-star rating. And I, you know, as I'm the, sold. I want to go. <laughs> and so I was so thrilled because it was... So nice to see that here I had an interest in using water in that area that I have not flown in. And here a member had literally just 30 days before left a rating and a beautiful review for that. And so I think that's one of the things I want to stress to people that are listening and and our members is that this is a great part and a very underutilized portion of the water landing directory is this ability to leave other pilots a review. You know, it it says there's fuel available. I went there on Saturday and Joe wasn't there. Uh, You know, whatever it is, tell us what you experienced. Tell us what the shoreline's like and leave us a rating. And, you know, my goal is to give an award to the the lake or waterway that has the highest number of you know, five-star ratings for the year and to award it the most popular lake of the year. But, you know, this information, like you were saying, like Yelp, you see customer reviews of a restaurant. right? And we use Yelp all the time when we're on the road at aviation trade shows and events. And this is very similar to that in that you can read not only what we've been able to determine, what Mark's hard work has been able to determine about the waterway, but their real experience going and physically visiting the waterway. That's just awesome. It is. So the fact that, you know, they can interact and, you know, you can feel more like a community on the app talking to each other and recommending or, you know, giving clues or notes about the, about the waterway. I think that's just great. 
So Mark, going back, I know that we touched on this, but I really want to go through it. I have the app open on my phone right now. Can you explain how a member can request a modification or add a new listing for a waterway? Well, I'm not looking at the app, Abby, but I can tell you. From That's because memory, he's on so his phone. <laughs> so, so hopefully I get this right and you can critique me. Oh, I will. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so I think it's um, important to understand that this is part of the app. So there's kind of like three different ways to interact with it as far as giving information. And one of them is to send a modification request. So if you find something that just needs to simply be updated, uh, you can click on send modification request at the bottom of any page on the app. So you might need to scroll down or up, if you will, to, to see that. And once you do, you just simply click on it and then type in the information. If you want to add a new listing, so you have a new body of water or seaplane base or flight school or what have you, um, you then would click on add a new listing and that's at the bottom of any one of the searchable items. So if it's body of water or seaplane bases, fuel, flight training, destinations or upcoming events, then again, you would scroll. It's at the bottom, so kind of scroll up and then it would say add a new listing. And then, as you both were talking about it, that, if you will, Yelp review, to add a rating or review, you select the waterway or whatever facility you want to review. Uh, you click on rating. Am I going too fast? Eddie? No, this is great. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so you would click on rating, and then um, another page comes up and then it would say, and then click on write a review I and then it. you simply type it. So then, um, what you can do is you check, I, well, basically after you do all that, that information then goes to that central communication area. I check that every day. And so as soon as you do that, I will have that information updated to the app. It's basically somewhat live so and those reviews are looked at and you just mentioned steve uh, a good one um we also like if you will negative ones and what i mean by that is if there is a restriction sometimes pilots find out you know the the wrong way and meaning they they maybe get caught on a lake that is restricted or like in the example, Lake Winnebago and Oshkosh at, at the Air Venture Seaplane Base, um, on that rating, it talks about how rough the water can get. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like a heads up because in the app, it doesn't say, hey, watch out. You know, this lake is 30 miles by 10 miles. It's only 19 feet deep, so therefore it gets really rough. But on the rating, somebody wrote on there, hey, heads up when the winds are out of the northeast, caution. Yeah, the, the waterway can be quite rough. So we like those as well. Yeah, and one of the ones that I think uh, is real common for, for me is to go into a reservoir that's been drawn down, if it's a dammed reservoir. And a lot of times in these reservoirs, there's tree sags that are sticking out uh, out of the water or that are kind of an impairment to the to the airplanes. So, I mean, that's great data. If, if you go into a waterway 
And, you know, you might want to say, hey, I I went in here, the lake's been drawn down. And by the way, there were tree stags all over the shoreline or there was a sandbar that was hard to see because the water was muddy or whatever. I mean, this is all good information. Uh, So uh, another example. So, yeah, good, bad or indifferent, any information that you can provide us is all useful information. You know, adding to that, I'm sorry. Um. I we teach the students that it's their responsibility. You know, you, you look at a lake, you go through your checklist to survey, and you make the good choices. But wouldn't it be nice to you know do that pre-flighting that we're so proud of as pilots to do, and really take the time to research if this is a safe place that I'm going to, and if anyone else has said anything or warned about it. We're giving anything, you like the you tool saying. to do that exactly. Yeah. So I just I thought that was interesting. So sorry to interrupt you, Mark. No, I think that. What you just said is imperative of seaplane pilots to do. It's our duty. So the water landing directory is the best tool that we have to our disposal. And again, it starts the homework process. If the information is in there, then it's complete. If it's not, well, then it requires a little more, you know, uh, research on your part. But one of the things I wanted to just kind of reiterate on this because it's kind of hidden in the app. And I just wanted to make sure that our members knew that you can download the app data. And this allows you to search uh, throughout the data um, without an Internet connection. Mm -hmm. So like you were just saying, Abby, you know, when you're at home, yeah, you can use the app um, and look at it. You know, you have either Internet or cell data, but seaplane pilots fly to remote areas. And so now you might not have internet. But the app will still work if you have the current database. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, that was was a a major consideration when I designed the app because if we were going to get rid of the paper copy, we had to provide a a kind of a fail-safe that people could access the information. Because as you know, Mark, a lot of the places we go are very far from cell phone service. So it doesn't do us any good to provide this tool if we wouldn't have provided that ability. So thank you for bringing that up because these are the overlooked things that we that created the app and provide the technology. We think it's understood, uh, but it's not always understood by by the members. Yeah, so... Um, When you're at home and you do have internet, the data that the app is looking at is basically live. So you don't have to download anything to have accurate information in the water landing directory if you have internet access. So what we're talking about is, like you said, when we're remote, we don't have that internet access. So to do that is you have to update the water landing directory data, and you go on to the home screen. Abby? Yes. Are you, do you still have it open? <laughs> I <Okay>. sure do. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you have to critique me because I don't have it, so I'm kind of going off from memory. But you on the home screen, and then on the upper right corner is a settings icon. Yes. Um, you know, like a, a gear, if you will. Yes. It kind of looks like that. You click on that. It opens up the next page, and then you would click on download. And then there's basically three databases that you would want to download into your app. I am and, so excited. Oh, I had no <laughs> idea this existed. Okay. Now, Abby, so I, not to, you know, put you on the spot, but what does it say when the last time you updated your data? 
Does it tell you that? It says download data locally. This will allow you to search through data without an internet connection later. It says download waterway data, download seaplane-based data, download flight data training. It says not downloaded yet. Uh, so I have oh. to download these things. Ooh. As I hand out, uh, just give me a moment. I have to place the dunce cap on her now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because Abby, it, it because for those that have downloaded this data in the past, uh, it would show you how many days ago it was updated, right below each one of those items. So, as you mentioned, there's the waterway data, seaplane based data and then flight training data. And once you do that, which I'm sure you're doing now, then then in the future you can look at it and go, oh, you know, I I haven't downloaded this in, uh, you know, I don't know, 85 days. I'm not saying, Abby, that you won't do that, but um, it's just a good tool. Now, if you're always in the Internet, then we're going to give you a break and say no big deal because the app works just fine without downloading. It's just for when you are in a remote area that don't have an internet connection. But it's a it's a really cool feature of the app. That's fantastic. And it's somewhat and it's somewhat hidden. You know, it's kind of in the background. But now you know to do that before you head out to a remote spot. She works 20 so, feet from me, and she doesn't know that yet, but we'll, we'll, we'll cut her some slack. She is... I'm new. She's new, so we'll cut her some slack, but I'm glad we had you on today so we could establish how Abby can make sure that her app works when she doesn't have yeah, cell phone Yeah, this access. was a great podcast for me. I learned a lot, got called out a little bit. Um, so, Mark, really, just thank you. You know, everything that you do, I know that you're working hard updating the app, and you're collecting all this information from members. I just, I love that, you know, it is the member's responsibility. If they see a need, they need to, you know, help us out, help Help us us out out. because we are doing our job. But, you know, Mark, I, you and I've had this conversation. And again, I think this gets overlooked by people. People are like, well, why doesn't, why isn't every lake in the United States in there? Well, I don't think that most people understand how many lakes are in there. And then number two, that we do have an incredibly small staff of very dedicated people but it is a small staff doing a lot of wearing a lot of different hats and we you know thankfully depend on you know your input has been invaluable as a volunteer but as an example we were looking at waterways just in the state of florida and we identified 7440 waterways over 150 acres in the state of florida and we were using an intern for that and so when you look at our staff of you know, three full-time people and, you know, then a a couple of part-timers and then our 80 or so volunteers. And you're looking at the entire United States when it comes to waterways, it's an incredibly daunting task. And again, I'll reinforce, there is no national database and most states don't even have databases on this waterway and the regulations. So do not get disenchanted as a member or as a pilot if you don't see this information and know that both the staff and our volunteers and Mark are working tirelessly to bring this information to you and anything you can do. Yes, help us out. To, to submit that ad request or that modify request greatly helps not only us out, but it helps your fellow pilots out, seaplane pilots out. I think that's exactly it. So... 
it, don't get disenchanted because you see the last time this particular body of water was updated maybe was years ago. Well, maybe nothing changed in that um, body of water. But if you don't find the lake that you're looking for and you do your homework, please share that. And we'll update the app and then we can share it with everybody else. And, you know, I, I think it's, like I say, back to that value. I think this is one of the most valuable pieces that being a member of the Seaplane Pilots Association provides. That's right. That's just great. That's great. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. I learned a lot. I feel like I can take a lot back to my students now and I can really, you know, take them through the app and give them some more information. Just thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. It was really great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, and you guys keep up the good work. I do listen uh, to the podcast. I really do find them enjoyable. Good job. Awesome. Very good. Well, uh, there's so much more to discuss on seaplane waterway access. So um, we will be having future episodes. Matter of fact, we're already planning an entire series on the app because I think it is an area that we can spend more time on discussing the the flight school area and the waterway area and the destination area and the calendar area. There's so many different areas in the app that we're going to bring Mark back on. We're not done with him. We're going <laughs> we're going to bring him back on uh, by Hooker Crook, and we are going to try to explain in depth in shorter episodes of how to use you know how to optimize your use of the waterway area and the destination and all those different areas. So we'll deep in, uh, we'll dive deeper into those uh, subjects at a later date. So you can look forward to that on an upcoming series that we'll do here on the water flying podcast. Mark, thank you so much for all you do. I probably understand more than anyone else, how much time and energy and passion that you have for the seaplane community and for what you do for us as a volunteer. So thank you uh, for coming on today and, and helping us uh, kind of uh, explore this question of where can someone land a seaplane? Well, you're welcome. And thank you, Steve. It's been great. We are so glad you joined us today. If you like today's show, I highly encourage you to join the seaplane pilots association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world. Members receive Water Flying, the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community. And it's available in both printed and digital form. Your membership also includes access to the Water Landing Directory app, which has the Seaplane Flight School directory and a calendar of seaplane events not only here in the United States, but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online at seaplanes.org, join our community, and support our mission of protecting and promoting water flying.